0: Jesus is real. There's power in Your name. We find hope when we trust in Your ways. We need real Jesus is
1: real. Brothers and sisters, I cannot emphasize and encourage you enough to realize that people may do things for evil, but God means it for good that all things work together for good for those who love God and those who are called according to his purpose. Roman 8, 28, that is true and that is real. And yes, people do evil things, but God supersedes the evil plans of people and God works things together for good.
0: It's hard to think about all of the evil things that people do to other people and imagine that God can somehow use those events and bring good out of them. If you've been a victim of such things, that's probably a question you ask often. But as Pastor Daniel will be teaching today, we humans simply are unable to comprehend how big God really is. Beginning to get a grip on God's infinite knowledge will help us find the peace He provides. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in Genesis chapter 49 as he continues his message, Setting the Stage. Jesus
1: God knows ultimately what is in our best interest and what isn't. And so God says not like a big bummer. God simply says, I love you enough that I don't want you to hurt yourself. And a good father does that, right? You know, it's like, I always talk with Obadiah, because Obadiah, he's getting to that point now where he digs tools. Tools are cool. And they are cool, you know? But I'm not going to let Obadiah play with a nail gun. Unless I don't, you know, I don't even want to think of what my son can do with a nail gun. Because I love myself say, look, Obadiah, you can't play with the nail gun unless I'm there with you showing you how it works. Why? Because I'm a great killjoy, right? Obadiah, I have a great time with the nail gun. Look, I can nail the dog to the wall. I can nail my sister to the dog. Now, I'm a bummer for not letting him do that, Right? But isn't it in his best interest? Because I can see my son. I love my son. He's, if you haven't met Obadiah, you've got to meet him. He's good people. Obadiah, he, he likes to have fun. But Obadiah would be like, look at this. Because that's how, you know, you just look at it, Makes a noise and a nail flies out. and Then he'd be like, ow. So, see, that's why God asks us to be obedient. Because he loves us. And a lot of things that we think are fun... Because we have a limited view of the ramifications of it A lot of it's like playing with a nail gun And yes, you don't get the fun of playing with the nail gun But we don't realize that the fun of playing with a nail gun Is actually not in our best interest Or anybody else around us It's actually destructive And that's why God asks us to be simply obedient But we're all like children We all don't like to be told that we can't play with the nail gun But I really want to I mean, it's fun, and it's always fun until someone gets a nail in their arm, or somebody gets a nail in his hands and in his feet. See, Jesus died on a cross to forgive us for all of our disobedience, and we all know that we've been disobedient, right? I was talking to someone just the other day. They're like, I just don't understand. I mean, you know, you're a Christian. Why would you believe in Jesus? I'm like, because I've done things wrong. Oh, come on. You know, you're just growing. I'm like, well, hold on a second. I'm like, I, I walked him through. I took him to the Ten Commandments, you know. And I walked him through. You guys have heard this, right, where you say, you know, oh, you know, so you don't really think you've done anything wrong? No. Okay, so well, listen, have you ever stolen anything? No, no, I mean, I mean. When you're a kid, you never took a piece of gum from the convenience store? Oh, yeah, I did that. Cheat on your taxes a little bit? Oh, yeah, I did that. Well, the Bible says that you're a thief. And I'm like, did you ever kill anybody? Nope, nope, never killed anybody. Well, Jesus said that if you hate somebody, then you've murdered them in your heart. Did you ever say, I hate you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. The Bible says that shouldn't commit adultery. ever commit adultery? I'm not even married. Jesus said that if you have lust in your heart, you've committed adultery. He's like, oh, yeah. I mean, all guys understand what that is. Okay, good. Like, one more. You ever tell a lie? He's like, well, of course. I'm like, not even a big one, little one. Oh, yeah. I'm like, so, man, we did four questions. You're a lying, thieving, adulterous murderer. And you know, I'm, and I said to him, I'm "Like, look, I just messed with you with that, but I'm the same thing, and so is everybody. That's the point. That's the point. This is why Christians believe in Jesus, because the point is, is that if we're really honest with ourselves and look at who we are and what we do, and if we really think about them to their logical conclusion, we all come to the conclusion that we need serious help, and that we really don't understand." The ramifications, spiritually speaking, socially speaking, emotionally speaking, and physically speaking, of what our actions are. And because we realize and we come to a subtle understanding that although I want to be God, I really am not God. And although I pretend like I know everything, I really don't know very much. I'm going to start to trust that God knows more than I do. And so I'm simply going to follow and what's interesting is that everybody's a follower. It's just a matter if who you're following will actually get you to the proper destination. Everybody's a follower. I'm sure there's someone here, I'm not following anybody. Yes, you are. Somebody is setting the pace for your life. And there's nothing worse than you saying, well, I set the pace for my own life because you don't have a clue what tomorrow's going to bring. So you're the worst person to follow if you're following just yourself. But people have been following themselves for as long as humanity has been in existence. And we have all sorts of evidence. Just watch the news of when people follow the dictates of their own thoughts. Just watch the news. Read a history book. It's a mess. But a Christian says, you know what? I realize I don't know the way. I'm going to follow somebody who lived the right way. I'm going to follow Jesus because Jesus is acceptable to God. So I'm going to follow his way. Not saying that you're going to get it all right. I told this guy, he's like, oh, well, what do Christians really know? I'm like, listen, all Christians know is that they're forgiven. And because he said all Christians are hypocrites. I love that. That's my favorite line. All Christians. I'm like, listen, everybody's a hypocrite. The only difference is that Christians are forgiven for their hypocrisy because of the death of Jesus. That's the only difference. I'm like, listen, yes, Christians are hypocrites. Absolutely. But so is everybody else. Hypocrisy is the norm with humanity. Nobody actually lives out their creed. Nobody does. Hypocrisy is the norm. But the only difference is, is that if you put your faith in Christ in Jesus, then you're forgiven for your hypocrisy. And you get the witness of the Holy Spirit to start to change you from the inside out. And a Christian should be able to look back over their lives and say, I'm way less hypocritical than I used to be, but I still got a way to go. I'm not what I used to be, I'm not what I'm going to be, but I'm moving in the right direction. And that's what the gospel does. So brothers and sisters, just be obedient. Just do what God asks you to do. Trust him. Because we all have ample evidence of what it looks like to go our own way and to trust our own stuff, right? If I opened up the floor and said, okay, who wants to share all the great ideas you had and how they panned out? We could be here for a long time, right? I mean, we'd be here just for a long time with me talking. I got so many stories for you. And each one of us could do that if we're honest, right? When we chose our own way and where we ended up. Now, Jacob is buried. Joseph and his brothers did what was asked. Now look at what happens in verse 15. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, perhaps Joseph will hate us and may actually repay us For all the evil which we did to him. So they sent messages to Joseph saying, Before your father died, he commanded saying, Thus you shall say to Joseph, I beg you, please forgive the trespass of your brothers and their sin. For they did evil to you. Now please forgive the trespass of your servants, of the God of your father. And Joseph wept when they spoke to him. Then his brothers also went and fell down before his face and they said, behold, we are your servants. And Joseph said to them, do not be afraid for am I in the place of God? But as for me, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people alive. Now, therefore, do not be afraid. I will provide for you and your little ones and he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. Now notice this. Now that Jacob is gone, Joseph's brothers are like, now that our father's gone, Joseph may take revenge for what we did to him. They're concerned. Our dad's not here. Joseph wouldn't do it in front of our dad. So they make up a story. They concoct a story. Oh, you know, our dad said this. But what's amazing about it is that They don't need to make up a story because God has already revealed to Joseph why things went on. See, Joseph says, listen, guys, like he weeps when he hears this. He weeps that his brothers are concerned that he was going to repay evil to his brothers for the evil they did to him. And he says, no, 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 listen, you guys, yes, you did wrong to me, but I'm not in the place of God. I realize that you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. And brothers and sisters, I cannot emphasize and encourage you enough to realize that people may do things for evil, but God means it for good. That all things work together for good for those who love God and those who are the called according to his purpose. Roman 8, 28, that is true and that is real. And yes, people do evil things, but God supersedes the evil plans of people and God works things together for good. And you have to ask yourself, are you viewing the world from a human vantage point? You just see the evil. Or are you with the eyes of faith allowing the Lord to take you outside of your circumstances to say, I see the fingerprints of God in this. And I believe that for so many of us, we are holding on to bitterness for the truly evil that has been done to us. And listen, let's be honest. Some evil things happen. Horrible things You can either hold on to that bitterness. And, you know, I've said it before. Bitterness is drinking poison and hope the other person dies. That's what bitterness is. It's you're holding on to something and it is killing you. And you're hoping that it hurts somebody else by being bitter. Brothers and sisters, listen, let it go. And say, God, what are you trying to do through this? I don't like this. I would never have asked for this in a million years. This is nuts. But God, what are you doing? What are you trying to work out here? We need to take it from just the horizontal level, interpersonal level, and we need to look at it from the vertical level. And Joseph realizes, he says, Look, you guys meant it for evil, but look at what God has done. Yes, I ended up in Potiphar's house and I rose, but then something evil happened and I ended up in jail, but then I rose. And then all of a sudden now, God put me in this place where I interpreted Pharaoh's dreams. I knew what was happening. I gave him God given wisdom on how to deal with it. And now, look, all my brothers and their little ones are here and we're all still alive. So, brothers and sisters, listen. I've said this a lot. We need to insert two words into the hard places of our life but God. But God. Listen, it's your choice. If you want to live just on the horizontal level, that person did evil to me and I am not happy and I'm never going to be happy. You can choose to do that. But I want to encourage you, exhort you, challenge you to say, you know what? But God, yes, Joseph's brothers meant to do him wrong. They did him dirty. It was wrong across the board, but God meant it for good. Because God knew that by his brothers doing him wrong that all this was going to take place and now everybody's alive. Not only just his brothers and his family but all of Egypt. God had a plan through it and it wasn't a pretty plan. But it got the job done. And listen, don't miss the reality that this is exactly what happened to Jesus. This is why Jesus, in the garden of Gethsemane, was sweating drops of blood, saying, Father, if there's any other way, take this cup from me. But not my will, but thine be done. See, Jesus knew that what was in front of him was nasty. The most nasty thing ever. Fully God being separated. Being deemed as sin. Judged as sin. The most horrific thing in history he knew was in front of him, but for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and is now seated down at the right hand of the Father. Jesus endured the suffering so that we might have life. Amen. So listen, whatever you're going through, whatever it is, whatever your past has, that is something that you're just like, that was evil. I want to encourage you just to simply, in prayer, say, but God, what are you doing? But God, how are your fingerprints on this? They meant it for evil. But God, you're doing good. I think of someone like Joni Erickson Tada. You know Joni Erickson Santana, now she's gone well on in years, but when she was a teenager, she jumped into the beach and she became paralyzed. She's a young girl. And she could have very easily, like, I mean, how could this happen to me? thrown in her life, but she started a whole ministry. So now I said, You know Joni Erickson And you just, I was like, Uh-huh. Because she took something that didn't go well and she said, God, what are you going to do with that? I think of Mrs. Charles Spurgeon, Charles Spurgeon, the prince of preachers was one of the first megachurch pastors. He was 17 in England. His wife only heard him preach live about 10 times in her life. She was very, very sick. She was very sick. So what did she do? She decided that she was going to get her husband's sermons into the hands of as many pastors as she could. She never got to hear him, but she sent his sermons all over the world and would write handwritten on the thing. She'd get pastor's addresses, Just a gift for you, praying for your ministry, Mrs. Charles Spurgeon. You could say, How terrible, and it is terrible, but God, what do you want to do with it? God, what does it look like to allow you to be God over circumstances that do not make sense? I love this. See, Joseph has a hearty faith, Joseph believes in the Lord. He believes that his brothers meant it for evil. And he doesn't say, oh, you guys meant it for good. No, no, he says, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. And because God meant it for good, he saved people through it. And he promised them, listen, I'm gonna take care of you guys and your little ones. I'm taking care of you guys. Don't worry, don't worry. And I like this. Joseph did well by the people who did him wrong. That's why I wanna encourage you. I know Politics and governments, they talk to you about the, you know, the the need for measured responses, proportional responses. I believe that the Bible teaches disproportional responses and people wrong us. We bless them. When people say mean things to us, we do good by them. We love our enemies. We pray for those people. I mean, just read Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. So, yeah, we believe in a disproportional response. We just do good by people. We bless them. We do not give them the opportunity to hurt us more, but we do not hate them, harbor bitterness against them. We don't. Because Jesus loved those who rebelled against him and died in our place. And that's gospel living. That's what it means to live empowered by the Holy Spirit in the light of the finished work of Jesus. And you might say, How is it possible? All I can say is by the Spirit of God. I'm learning it too. I'm on that path too, learning how to do that. How do I love someone who said something that hurt my feelings? How do I care for somebody who's gotten upset with me and I deserved it? How do I do that? I'm learning it just like everybody else. But I do know that if you put your faith and trust in Jesus, the spirit of God is in you to encourage you on, to not let you stop, to not let you give in to the bitterness that comes so natural, to say, God, what are you doing right now? How are you at work? What are you up to? And I'll be honest with you, that simple question, God, what are you up to, is a game changer for life. Because now we don't look at life at random happenstance that just imposes itself on us, but now we say, God, you're at work in every moment of every day. You're doing something beautiful. I don't even understand it, and I may never understand it, but I'm going to look for your fingerprints, God, because those fingerprints are beautiful. Great smudges on the circumstances of my life. You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. And God saved people through it. I'm not mad. I'll take care of you. Let that be the testimony of our lives. Let that be the people of God. People may mean all sorts of evil things, but we're going to do good by them. We're going to see God's hand at work. Amen? Amen? Amen. Verse 22 to the end of the chapter. So Joseph dwelt in Egypt, he and his father's household, and Joseph lived 110 years. Joseph saw Ephraim's children to the third generation. The children of Mechir, the son of Manasseh, were also brought up on Joseph's knees. And Joseph said to his brethren, I am dying, but God will surely visit you and bring you out of this land to the land of which he swore to Abraham to Isaac and to Jacob. Then Joseph took an oath from the children of Israel saying, God will surely visit you and you shall carry up my bones from here. So Joseph died being 110 years old and they embalmed him and he was put in a coffin in Egypt. So now we see that Joseph lives a good long time, but he asks his brethren, listen, I'm dying, but don't leave my bones in Egypt. Don't leave my bones in Egypt. He does not want to stay there. And notice he says, God will visit you. God will visit you. God will visit you. And that's what the whole book of Exodus is about, isn't it? As we go into this next book, we're gonna see God visiting the children of Israel. Now listen, they fulfilled their promise to Joseph. Listen to Exodus 13, 19. And Moses took the bones of Joseph with him he had placed the children of Israel under solemn oath, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones from here with you. So Joseph said, I don't want to be buried in Egypt either. But Joseph didn't want to go back to the cave of Machpelah. He wanted to go into the promised land. And they took him with. And the cave of Machpelah was in the promised land, but it wasn't like, hey, I want to be buried there. He's like, God's going to visit you. I want to go with you. I'm going to close here with a simple verse about the life of Joseph. Hebrews eleven twenty two says this. By faith, Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of the departure of the children of Israel and gave instructions concerning his bones. Joseph makes it into the hall of faith. It's interesting. He doesn't make it in for believing that God was in all the things that went on, but simply saying, Joseph, by faith, told him, hey, God's gonna visit you and I want you to take my bones with you. Joseph died believing that God would do what Joseph had not yet seen done. And brothers, sisters, that's what faith's all about, isn't it? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That's Hebrews 11, one. And then it goes on in Hebrews eleven six. six. For without faith, it is impossible to please him. For those who believe must believe that he is, and he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Hebrews 11, six. Faith is believing God at his word despite what you see. Joseph did that. Jacob did that. Isaac did it. Abraham did it. Noah did it. Adam did it. Brothers and sisters, in this generation... God is inspiring us to do likewise. To believe him, not for what we see around us, but to take him at his word, to walk in obedience and faith, and enjoy the ride. It's been a great ride through the book of Genesis. I can't wait to break open the book of Exodus. Amen.
0: Jesus is- The story of Joseph, who is the main character that Pastor Daniel has been teaching about, is an amazing one of reliance on God. Joseph maintained his devotion to God no matter what happened to him. A lot of bad stuff happened to him. (laughs) His life and the life of his father, Jacob, were testimonies of men who even though there were stops and starts, they were always moving forward, growing deeper in their relationship with God. Hey everybody, this
1: is Pastor Daniel, and I wanna be honest with you for a moment. Life is messy, and the hard reality is, if it isn't messy for you now, it will be, and it probably has been in the past. Did you know that you can still thrive in tough times? It's true, but only through the power of Jesus. That's the purpose behind my book, Honestly. I want you to know how to keep living your best life in Jesus, no matter the circumstance. You can find out more about it and get your own copy at jesusisrealradio.com.
0: Hey, I wanted to remind you that each day on Facebook, Pastor Daniel shares a simple two-minute message. In this message, Pastor Daniel draws out an important biblical truth that really helps set your day on the right path. So be sure to follow Pastor Daniel Fusco on Facebook and share these two-minute messages with your friends and family. This has been an amazing series that Pastor Daniel has brought to us. We hope that you've benefited by listening to it. As you journey in your relationship with God, be encouraged to look at difficulties in the same way that Joseph did, always trying to find what God wants to do in you and through you in those situations. God is always acting for your betterment and the greatness of his kingdom. Thanks for listening and be sure to join us next time on Jesus Is Real Radio.